0: Word of God speak. Uh, we're in the final message of our series on uh, the Bible, God's supernatural book, and uh, the incredible truth that God, Almighty, creator of the universe, chose to communicate with us in human language that would be comprehensible for us. To reveal himself and his plan and his purpose for us. And he wanted to have an intimate relationship with us. And that is so incredible. And the mission statement of our church is we exist to lead people to know Jesus Christ. Because he is knowable. And that knowable means in a relationship with him. A close Uh, intimate, beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ as he reveals himself to us. And we uh, have this wonderful opportunity to have in our hands the word of God kept for us, absolutely indispensable uh, to life, uh, absolutely Uh, a miracle book in its accuracy, in its longevity, in its influence in the world, in its transformative power in people's lives. To bring people to faith in Jesus, to grow them in that faith, to help them understand God and and each other, and to know truth and to be able to discern what is right and wrong and what is God's will, how we receive it. And we've gone through all of these things, how, how God made it noble to us, and that we can take in our hands the Word of God. This is weird, <laughs> But I know a good portion of you, the Word of God is in your phone. And so I know how phones are, wherever you are, the Word of God is, and you have access to that. But the incredible power that is unleashed by the word of God when the spirit of God takes and makes it known to us and convinces and convicts us and opens our eyes. And and that's why it's so neat to, as we said before, this only happens because God gives us sight. God opens our eyes. I love what it says in... uh, In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6, it says, For the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He's opened our eyes. I I trust your eyes have been opened. Uh, because anybody who comes to faith in Christ, the only way they get there is when God opens their eyes. You can't even open your own eyes, and he gives you understanding. And, and he goes back and he says in chapter 3 uh, of Second Corinthians, in the last verse, he says, "...and we with unveiled faces behold the glory of the Lord." And we're being transformed into the same in, image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. He, he says, when when we get a vision of Christ from Holy Scripture, and God helps us to see and appreciate and love and, and, and uh, savor who Christ is and what he's done. And as we gaze at him more and more, he transforms us into his glorious image. One step at a time. From glory to glory to glory to glory. And what an incredible thing. And this is a lifelong process uh, for us. It's a lifelong process uh, for me. And I thought I would bring something uh, to show you uh, this morning. This is the Bible my parents gave me. Christmas nineteen seventy. To Kevin, love mom and dad, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. The old Schofield reference Bible, 1970. This has been a friend to me for many, many years uh, through that time where I uh, sat in church, where I read personally, and God used this in my life. Uh, how incredible. How incredible. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Do you know what? Pardon? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Kevin, and lean not on your own understanding. And what will happen? In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Mom and Dad, thanks. I have another another Bible here that is really kind of interesting. Um, How's that? (laughs) You tell Zach about this. I got him beat. Um, My father-in-law, who passed away about 10 years ago, saw this in Holland in uh, in an antique store, and he bought it for me. It's Brown's Bible. I mean, this thing, if... uh, if you don't have a step ladder and you need something, I, I, I'm kidding. But this is this is weighty; it's heavy. In it is recorded. It's a it's somewhere around 150 years old, maybe maybe a little more. But in it is recorded uh, names and yes. <laughs> okay, well, well we'll get to that. I, I think the thing w- was interesting to me is that. Uh, my father-in-law, knowing what I did, said, this would be really interesting for Kevin to have. And uh, there's the odd picture in it, and it's, it's got notes and whatnot. Uh, but the interesting thing is, this is the kind of thing that a family would gather around in the evening, open up. I would share with children. This is, this is a place where you recorded those deaths and marriages and, and, uh, and births and all of that kind of thing, and the Bible was so central. And when you've got this, it's hard to hide, it, it, very central. I, I, have, uh, I have here also, and you can, you can look at these after if you want, I have a, uh, a Hebrew Bible that reminds me how deep our faith goes back in history. And this is what God basically gave to us. I have a a Greek New Testament. Um, The New Testament was written in Greek. And this is the tradition and the history that we've had. And as I shared with you a while ago, how we have thousands upon thousands of copies of the Word of God in the original languages, faithfully copied out. So that we might know and and have a record of what God wanted for us. That's the word of God. And uh, it's so critical to us. Um, For us as a church, we are a Bible church. It's central to what we do. In fact, in our core values, um, we stated this as one of our five core values that we are committed to biblical preaching and teaching. And so here's how we describe that. We believe that life transformation happens through the Spirit-filled communication of the Bible. God uses the Word of God to change us when the Spirit of God uh, enlightens us and helps us to understand what that is. So it's it's through the Spirit-filled communication of the Bible that life transformation happens. We're committed to preaching and teaching the Word of God with integrity. Um, not everybody feels this way anymore. Not everybody is committed to this. But we want to teach and preach and declare the Word of God with integrity and without compromise. You know, our our, uh, our faith can stand in contrast to the standards of the world. And uh, there can be pressure on us at times to want to accommodate the message of the Bible to uh, what is palatable in society, but our commitment is to preach and teach with integrity, without compromise, and in a way also that speaks to the relevant issues of our time. You know, this isn't just something for hundreds or a few thousand years ago, this is something for today, and so we want it to be relevant to the issues uh, that we face But we also want to uh, preach and teach uh, with love and compassion because the Bible is central to all we do at Unionville Alliance Church. And so our little children went downstairs and they will learn from the Bible and... uh, uh, we'll teach and preach about the Bible from here. Uh, our young adults in different groups are meeting after service, and they'll interact with the Bible and, and how, what God is doing in their life with it and how they relate to it. And so it's important to all that we are. And as I said, our, our uh, mission is to lead people to know Jesus Christ to become followers of his, to enter into a relationship with him, and to follow him passionately. And so in order to do that, uh, we need to have the word of God. So our strategy for helping people to become passionate followers of Jesus Christ is, is this. it's We invite them to join us in a worship service like this, where we gather all together where we sit under the authority of the Word of God, where we share with each other and encourage each other, and we worship God together. But we need to do something more than looking at the back of somebody's head. We need to gather and face-to-face talk about the Bible. And so we have life groups. So we encourage everyone not only to be in a worship service, but to be in a life group where they can interact and, and uh, take the Word of God and talk about how it personally uh, impacts their life. And then we, as a, as a part of growth, we recognize that God has called us, uh, gifted all of us, and called us all to use our gifts to serve Him. So we know that one of the ways He grows us and matures us is is with uh, using our gifts. But there's one last thing that uh, we have, and it's something that doesn't happen here. Uh, this is something that uh, happens with you in a very private way. And that is, we want to nourish, uh, uh, to, to foster a... Uh, A a commitment from all of our people to a personal devotional life where yourself, uh, you will take the word of God, you will feed on it at home, and you will have a life that will grow you and nurture you. Um, Now, when a baby's born, it needs help, right? You, You don't just put it in a crib and say, good luck. You have to help and nourish that baby and care and feed and protect the baby. And uh, and so it is with people who are brand new Christians. Our commitment is to help them grow by feeding them, protecting them, encouraging them. and uh, and, and we look for growth. And if we have a 20-year-old and they can't do things that a four-year-old can do. We know there's something wrong. So we need to be committed to helping people to grow uh, and to being fed and nourished. And, and that includes getting to the point where we don't need somebody to put a bottle in our mouth or pablum in our mouth. We get to the point where we start and feed ourselves. We prepare, if you will, our own meals. And so, uh, so kids, as they're growing up, They may get out the cereal box and a bowl and put some cereal in and pour the milk in and it overflows onto the table, but they learn they have a responsibility to feed themselves. And so little by little they feed themselves and and, and maybe they progress uh, from there to learning how to fry an egg or make craft dinner or something like this And, and the further they go. They learn how to feed themselves. Now, we all need each other. We all need to be taught. That's why there are teachers. There are gifts of teaching and and church leaders. And that's why people give themselves to the study of the word to help us along the way. But we also need to nourish ourselves. And uh, we need to feed ourselves. And so what we want to do is encourage you in feeding yourself on the Word of God. Uh, We need to be able to do this, and it's going to take time, and it's going to take teaching and experience, and you become a better reader. You understand the Word of God more. You understand more how to apply it in your life. And so what we want to do is this morning as we conclude the series is talk about what it is to how we nourish and feed ourselves personally and privately on the Word of God. Uh, So reading the Bible, it's interesting. The Apostle Paul made this statement in 2 Timothy 2. He said, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And so what we want to do in time is to be able to rightly, correctly, uh, carefully, and properly uh, interact with the word of God and handle the word you see what it's called the word of truth in our life so that we nourish and feed ourselves and grow he said I don't want you to be ashamed in your faith you're supposed to be growing and if you correctly handle the word of truth you will grow and we need to make a personal commitment each one of us who are Christ followers uh, to do this in a, in, a, in a personal and private way um and so I'm thinking, what do we do if we're going to nourish ourselves from the Word of God? Well, we need to prepare first. That's the first thing we do. And I want to make a couple suggestions to you. That are just very practical stuff. Um, we need a time to do this. A time that's good for you. A time when you're awake. A time when you're not fighting to keep your eyes open. A time when you're not distracted. A time where you can can uh, be in a good place uh, and in, a, and in a, a good frame of mind, an alert frame of mind. Uh, you know, uh, there's times, I can, I can remember a few times, I'll say a few, when Gerda and I, I would be falling off to sleep and she wants to talk. And I'm fighting to keep, and she's getting frustrated with me because she wants to talk and I'm, I'm losing it on her. And you know Jesus wants to talk to us through Holy Scripture, and the last thing we want to do is He's talking and we're zoning out. And and so you want to be find a time that's good for you. I'm a morning person. I don't I don't if, unless I'm catching a plane at five in the morning. I never set an alarm. I'm just up at five or five thirty. What it you know just anyway early enough. So for me, the time that I'm most alert and ready is uh, is in the morning, much to my family 's consternation at time times we 'll sit and have a discussion and i 'll be sleeping in a chair because they're you know it 's ten thirty and i 'm zoning out and and they want to engage so get yourself in in a, in a right state where you 're awake and you 're alert whatever works for you some people are are you know i see I, see, I get emails from people at one thirty and two in the morning and i get Emails at four or something in the morning, so whatever works for you, and then find a place, a quiet place, a place where there's no distraction because yeah you know, I don't know about you, but I, I can get easily distracted you know and, and all of a sudden I've lost I've lost contact and I, I've drifted out there um, but but find a quiet place, a place where you're not going to be disturbed. Put this in another room or shut it off. Because you know what happens? You're just engaging with God and then there's the little chime. And it's a text. What do you do? I, yeah. Thank you. you. know, And they say, well, well, I could just answer this with a couple of words. So you now we get distracted. We go back on and something else happens. And, and so put yourself in a place where there are no distractions. Another thing be consistent find a time and a place and a rhythm that works for you and and uh, as i said for me that's early morning cuz uh, i you know i'm normally the first one up and so i've got this quiet the, the house is quiet nothing's happening and i can focus and and when you're cons- consistent it's helpful and you know i know some couples have like date night it, it's a time that is set aside where they put into their relationship. Have a time daily with the Lord uh, that you can uh, commune with Him. Uh, and I'm suggesting daily because we need, you know, I don't, I don't say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to an all-you-can-eat smorgasbord and then I'm not going to eat for six days. It doesn't work that way. We nourish our, ourselves day after day after day. So, so do that. And... Um, you know, when you spend time with someone special in communication with them, that love relationship, it's, it's great that there's not the pressure. Oh, you know, I mean, I've got three minutes to do this in, and i gotta, I got to get going. Do it when you can have a, a little bit of uh, uh, just easygoing time there. And um, I, I want to give you a couple reading tips, too. Um, one is... Prepare your heart. You're going to engage with God. Take a a couple of moments in prayer and prepare your heart. Ask God to open your heart. Ask Him to help you to understand Scripture. Ask Him to help you with understanding what it will mean in your life for you. And um, there are a couple of ways that you can read the Bible. One is you can read a whole pile at once. We're going to do that uh, this evening. And uh, sometimes it's good to get a view of the Scripture from 30,000 feet and to look down on it and see the whole picture and the whole story. And so sometimes uh, I will, if, I, if I'm going to be working in a specific book of the Bible, I'll read the whole thing through uh, in one time. It will give me the big picture. But um, we also need that up-close time. And so my suggestion would be to you is get a, uh, a chunk of Scripture. It could be, it could be a, a chapter, could be more than a chapter, could be less than a chapter, but that you're going to focus on and you're going to read. Take a passage and uh, come to it with that. You know, there's something that some people do. Uh, they, I call it Bible roulette. Okay, here I am. I got to read my Bible. Remove the turban and take off the crown. Things shall not remain as they are. You know, we, we don't know where to go, so we do roulette. And we end up somewhere. The Bible was written in pieces, in chunks, in books, in letters. In, and and so it has a whole big part to it. And then you go back and you savor and look at all the... You, you, see, the, you see from the sky, you see the whole forest... And now you're looking at the trees and the bark and the leaves, and you're, you're investigating that. And, um, and uh, you know, some people, I and mean, it's not that this is bad, but it's not a great way to feed yourself. Uh, one, one of the ways some people do um, is they have like a promise box. And so every day I pull out a verse and I read the verse, and then I put it at the back of the box, and I, and, and that's good. And God, God he does some wonderful things in our lives sometimes through that. Um, but, but best to start and read through a whole section of Scripture, um, a, a whole gospel, a whole letter, something like that. Take it then in pieces. And um, as, the, the, as the Bible is written in, in letters and in gospels and in uh, uh, historical parts and law parts and psalms and, and all of that, work in an area for a bit and and allow God to speak to you through that. And uh, if you're a beginner, don't start in a really hard place in the Bible. Start maybe with one of the Gospels that show us the life of Jesus, what he did and said. Um, It's interesting, too. I mentioned Bible roulette. I remember my college president uh, described himself as a 17, almost 18-year-old who felt like God was prompting him to maybe consider going into the ministry. He said, I'd never done a, uh, I'd never done a, uh, a, a speech at school. I was backward. I was uh, not an outgoing person at all, but somehow felt that God was leading him to do that. And, um, and so he, uh, he said to God, if you want me to go and train for ministry, help me open the Bible and find where it says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Know, he knew it was in the Bible. He didn't know where it was. And he did Bible roulette. Bang. Put his finger on Matthew 5, 12. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And he, he would say about that, I don't endorse that as a method. God in his care for us, sometimes accommodates our foolishness or our lack of knowledge, and does something that's like finding a needle in a haystack. God's saying, I have something for you to do. Don't worry about the rest. And he accommodated that. But that's not normally how we want to approach the Bible. Um, So when we use the Bible, just a couple of things. Uh, we need to understand the context in which the passage uh, comes to us. Uh, and that can be on different levels, historical and literary and, um, and, and what's happening in the passage. And, uh, you know, when you take something out of, out of context, like if you, if you hear a politician and somebody grabs a little sound bite and it doesn't have anything to do with the context, you can make them look really bad. Do you know they said this? Yeah, but in the context, that was not at all what they were saying. And so we've got to be very careful. When we're reading the the Bible, it's a historical book. And so we need to know what was happening in the history of the time. And and so it's, help, it's helpful to have some study aids sometimes. Who was it written to? Why was it written? About whom was it written? What were the circumstances? Paul, for instance, in uh, Philippians, is writing uh, to them from prison. And so he talks about his whole thing is I'm in prison and I want to tell you about my experience and I want to encourage you and you need to understand what's happening with me. So it's important that we know some of those things. And um, uh, you, can, you can get information that will help you in a good study Bible, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I remember a woman said to me, she was reading her Bible, and she read in Jeremiah that it said, um, God was saying to Israel, I'll give you a spacious dwelling place. And she took that, oh, that's for me. I wanted a bigger house. God gave me a promise that I'm going to have a bigger house. So she just tore the thing out of the context, made it apply directly to her, and Was probably very disappointed that she didn't get the bigger house, Um, so we've got to understand the the, uh, the historical context, but also the literary. Uh, context, the genre we said before there are laws in the Bible and stories and poetry and prophecy and there 's this really weird stuff called apocalyptic literature and it 's like sci fi and if you read the book of of uh, Revelation at the very end of the bible it 's got all these weird things, and there was something uh, there was something like a, a locust and it and it uh, uh, it it, it uh, devoured these things and and it was wearing a crown and you 're going like, What in heaven 's name does that mean well it 's a kind of literature, and if you don 't understand the literature it 's hard to get the message coming through they say well where do we, where do we get this stuff um, well If you listen week by week, hopefully what we do in preaching is help you understand how to understand some of the things in the Bible. For instance, a week or so ago I said to you guys, um, um, proverbs are not promises. That proverb that my mother and father gave for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. That wasn't a promise. It was a proverb. And proverbs say, generally, when you follow what they say, there's generally a positive income, uh, outcome uh, with that. And you say, well, how do we know that? Well, I've told you that in the last week or so. I said, um, train up a child in the way he or she should go when they're old. They will not depart from it. You say, "Well, that's a, God gave me a promise, but I don't see my my kid is now 55 and he's not followed God and and you know so God is unfaithful to his promise." No, it's not a promise. And so we we kind of help you with some stuff if you tuck some of these nuggets away, but. Um, Looking at the possibility even, and, and if this would be of interest to some people, um, is bringing in a professor to do a course on how to read the Bible uh, for all it's worth. And so we may provide something like that to help you in in your understanding of the Bible. Um, and there are things in immediate context. The Apostle Paul says in 1 in first, uh, first, uh, Corinthians 10 that all things are lawful for me. I can do whatever I want. Is that what what he's saying? Well, I got it in the Bible. Paul says all things are lawful for me. You know, he just says that all things aren't beneficial. But when you read the whole context, you find out that there was a problem that people were having. Some people were eating meat that had been offered at the temple to idols. And was that the right thing to do? And Paul is. Giving an understanding of what happens. Another one that I, that I hear in 1 Corinthians 2, um, where the Apostle Paul says, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, but God has prepared for those who love him. It's heaven. No, it's not heaven. Read the context. It's not heaven. It's about salvation. God had something planned that was secret. They didn't understand how this was going to happen, uh, how Jesus would die, and, and, and this would be the wisdom of God. And, and so, But you've got to read the context. And what we do is we'll grab something out of context, and we'll make a mess of it. It won't be appropriate in our life. So uh, we need to read carefully, and we need to apply the Bible. The... Uh, the, uh, what, we, what, we read, what was read for us this morning by Binu, uh, in talking about applying the Bible, James said, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in, uh, at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, the Bible, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. See, here's the thing. God's desire for us is not to get fat heads by getting lots of knowledge, but no application. God's concern with us is that we will be hearers of the word and readers of the word and doers of the word. And God is not impressed with knowledge; He's impressed with obedience. And so, in Second Timothy, uh, and we've gone over this verse a few times in our in our the last number of weeks. All Scripture is God breathed; it's all Scripture has the fingerprints of God on it, and it is useful; it's profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness to this end that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means everything you need to know, everything you need to be and do, God has provided in his word. So, um, all we need to know, God breathed useful for teaching. The first thing he said there is teaching. And so when we... Look at the Bible. We're asking God, what are you telling me? Where are you leading me? And he says, "Uh, I will give you all you need to know. That's teaching or doctrine. What you need to believe. What you need to believe about God, about yourself, about sin, about the world, about the church, about values, about priorities. Everything you need to know uh, about about, uh, truth, I will give you. And, and uh, so, as we're reading the Bible, one of the questions we should ask ourselves is this. What do, you, what do you need to know in the passage that I'm reading? Lord, what is it that you need to show me? What do I need to know? Because all knowledge has implications for our life. And, and we need to draw and connect the dots to know that. So what what are the what are what are the truths that are taught? How does it impact my life, my thinking, my lifestyle, what I do, what I don't do? And and you may read and find out God is faithful, Um, He's reliable. How is that important to me in my life? What am I going through right now? What is, what's significant about God's faithfulness to me? That he won't, that, that, that I respond with gratitude and thankfulness and praise and I'm encouraged and I know that he won't abandon me and I know that he will do right for me and I know that I can count on him because I'm feeling like I can't count. And, and, and that word comes to us and we know well, as we see the application of that truth somehow applied in our life. And he says, then there, there are things that we need to avoid for rebuking. What, what do you need to stay away from? You know, It's interesting, cigarette uh, packages, and I, I haven't seen one for a long time, but I saw something on the TV in, in, in bold letters. This is harmful to your health. You're going to do it, but you've got to stare at this package that says, this is, this is not good for you, this can kill you. And, and the word of God tells us, look, stay away from this. This is danger. And you read through the Bible and you see lots of areas where it's danger. Stay away from it. Don't go near that. Warning, it's harmful. And God does that for us. So when you're reading, is there something that God is telling you to stay away from? Apply that in your life then. Is there something uh, next to stop doing? Something that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing? God will reveal that. And you may be reading a passage and you say, wow, I'm doing this, but I'm not supposed to be doing it. And and so I'll bring my life into line with what God desires for me. And, uh, you know, he says, stop biting and devouring each other. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. And uh, we need to respond. And then the last one, training in righteousness. How do we live rightly in a positive way? Yeah, stop doing the wrong, but start doing the right. Start doing what God wants you to do. Uh, to know to do good and not to do it is sin, the scripture says. If you know something good you should do and you don't do it, sin. We, see that we think of sin in the category of um, don't do this, don't do that. I didn't do it, so I'm okay. But there's a whole other side of that. Do, 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 do. And uh, we need to ask ourselves as we read scripture, does this apply to me? Is God showing me something I need to do? Well, how do we make this connection? Well, I want to say that it's... uh, I'm going the wrong way, sorry. Um, Meditation. Now, if I say meditation, some of you have ideas of what that is, and Eastern meditation is to get in the state where you empty your mind of everything, and biblical meditation is where you fill your mind with the Word of God. You saturate your mind with the Word of God. So how do we do this? Well, through meditation. Uh, the, meditation is deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities that revealed in Scripture uh, the purpose of for the purpose of understanding and applying the Bible to our life. So, if you're going like I've got five minutes, bang, 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 I, I gotta go, I gotta go. He says, "No, look, read the scripture, but take some time to think about it, meditate." The, the, actually, the word in Hebrew for meditate is a word that means mutter. You ever seen somebody walking down the street? <laughs> They may be meditating. That's kind of what Hebrew meditation was. Talking to yourself. Reliving. Going over the the scripture that you read. uh, Trying to understand it more. Allowing, uh, thinking deeply about it. Pausing and pondering. And uh, understanding it. And out of that process with the Holy Spirit's help, um, you get to understand You hear God speaking to you through that. You know, a cow has four stomachs. And you know what they do is they ruminate. So they chew, something goes into another place, and at some point they bring it back and chew it again. And may I suggest to you that that's what meditation is. It's it's taking something, but it's continuing to chew on it. And and that's what, uh, when God spoke to uh, Joshua, Moses is dead, and he's got this great burden upon him to lead the people into the promised land. And here's what God said to me keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Meditate on it. Take it in, but keep thinking about it. Roll it over in your mind. Night and day, as you go through the day, think about what God told you and how that applies to you. And then I want to make uh, one more uh, suggestion to you. Here's, here's another thing you can do, is you can pray Scripture. Say, oh, what, what do I pray about? Why don't you pray about the things that God is talking to you about from His Word? Uh, our, our our life in that way, it's, it's kind of like a dialogue with God. Through the Word, God speaks to us. Through prayer, we respond to Him. So when God tells us something and shows us something... Uh, we respond back and talk to him about what he 's told us about, so that we can uh, live in that way and it elicits a response and so meditation is is taking and thinking about the truth and the application of it, and then adding to that uh, prayer about that scripture is make bring God into the conversation. Lord, you said I shouldn't do this, and yet I find I am doing that in this case. Lord, help me to bring my life into line with what you're saying. Help me to, help me to do what you're asking me to do help help me not to do what I have been doing and I know is wrong I confess that before you I know that you want me to be this way you want me to have this attitude Lord give me the strength in this way sensitize my heart help my weakness and and so now all of a sudden the word of God God speaking to you becomes um, uh, fodder for what you speak back to God and what you need from God in that and then the other thing we can do is memorize. And um, Psalm 119 says this, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you can have that in You remember Jesus in, in his temptation? Uh, he, he's, Satan is buffeting him and giving him a hard time. And do you remember each time how Jesus responded to what Satan's temptation was? It is written. Of course, he knows the Word of God, and he uses the Word of God. He he has it committed to memory. Of course, it's his Word, but he knows how to use it. And and so when you have that in your heart, uh, sometimes we need a reminder. And, And in your tool belt of meditation is this thing called memorization. And maybe at a certain time, you need to commit a verse or a few verses to memory that will help you uh, one I, that that I've found has been always helpful is is from Philippians four eight and 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 people who have struggles with their 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 thought life and it, let's face it it starts with our thinking everything is it, it comes back to thinking and that's where the apostle Paul would say brothers and sisters uh, whatever's noble or right or pure or lovely or excellent or praiseworthy think about these things dwell on them think about them and then. Uh, one other thing I do uh, besides that um, is I journal, and um, I have journaled for for years. I go out and buy like a little three a little ringed uh, uh, pad, and I reflect on what God is teaching me and what I what I do. Gordon McDonald says journaling is like uh, a dialogue with the soul. And I kind of pour out my heart in here, and I uh, I deal with the things that God is speaking to me about, or the things that I'm finding challenging, or sometimes I complain to God about something, or I need help, or I... But when you articulate it by writing it down, you you somehow come to a, a better understanding of being able to... To say what it, what's on your heart and what you need of God, and you look back and you see how God was faithful and what He's done, and you, you in your praise or your complaint or your hurt or your joy or your gratitude, that journey is is chronicled for us, and so we record those blessings and those answered prayers, and we look back at them. Now I said there's uh, there's one thing that you may Uh, might be helpful for you and that is uh, a good study Bible and uh, I have I have uh, three study Bibles here Uh, one is the uh, ESV the English Standard Version Uh, and uh, you know it's pretty sizable but it will help you uh, give you a little introduction to each section of the Bible in some tough places, it'll give you some explanation. Now, this is uh, this is uh, quite literal uh, as a translation. It doesn't read as nicely, but it follows the original text more care more. Uh, I don't want to say carefully, as if it, it, the others don't, but it's much more literal. Uh, there's the NIV Study Bible, and it's uh, it's. Nicer reading than the ESV is a reading uh, version, uh, and great uh, great notes in there that will help you with things that are difficult. And uh, then there's uh, there's another one, uh, and that's the New Living Translation, and it's it's more fluid in uh, in how it was written. It, it reads very well. Uh, maybe not quite as good as a study Bible as as keeping as close to Um, original uh, use of words. It's more fluid with pictures, uh, pictures in language and whatnot. And and I would suggest that you could uh, look at something like that and uh, you'd find it helpful. Uh, So, folks, we are blessed, so abundantly blessed with resources to help us understand God's Word and follow it. I tell you, one of my, um, one of the places where I've taught in Calcutta, India, they have like a couple of jeweler's cases. Do you know what I mean? The, the little lock, they slide it, and they had in the Bible Institute a, a paltry, kind of pathetic library of old stuff that, you know, tiny little things and and there was not much available in Bengali. And I, sit, I sat and I looked at it, and I felt so guilty. I mean, I have a library of probably a couple thousand volumes or something like that. And I look at what some people don't have. And I think, man, we we have... An accountability to God for what we do with the resources he gives us. And we are so rich with resources in terms of the Bible and study. And, and, and folks, I want to encourage you to take it, what, what you have and, and just do it to uh, use one, uh, one company's logo. Just do it. Just do it. Get into your word. Take time. Open it up. Ask God to show you and open your heart and mold you and make you like Jesus Christ take advantage of the things if we if we run a course in in the fall uh, for six or eight weeks on how to how to study your Bible. Maybe commit yourself to doing something like that and to be a better reader and understand of the Bible and, uh, and God will bless that. And as a church, our commitment will continue to be that we want to week by week by week open the word of God and allow God to work through us. Thank you so much for your kind attention in this and uh, I want to encourage you to go home and make those meals learn how to feed yourself get past the craft dinner and make some gourmet meals out of the holy scripture that will feed your and nourish your soul and grow you in your faith. Uh, Let's pray. Our Father, we come to you and and we thank you for all that you have given to us. Look at the freedom we have here. Look at the opportunity of being in a beautiful facility like this, to be so richly um, blessed with all of these resources. And, And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to spend time with you, how you long for us to talk to you and listen to you and engage with you in your word and and you wait for us day by day and i pray that you would help us that we would take advantage of that and you would shape us help us as a leadership in our church to be faithful to your word and to lead in that way and father i pray uh that uh, the savior that we worship uh would his, his renown and his fame would be spread throughout this area as you change us and you sh- send us out uh, to be uh, examples and ambassadors and representatives for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.